Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Welcome and good morning. So excited to have you all joining us today for the Spotlight Show. I've got a special treat for you today. I've got somebody here in studio joining us all the way from Texas. When are they going to be here? I think you're here. Oh, me. Oh, you said special. <laughs> and not only that, you know, I well, I think you're special in your own way. I am uh, I, I'm trying not to be intimidated here because you're actually an ESPN host, an analyst. I've been on Fox before. And not only that, but you were a professional uh, NBA basketball player for 15 years. I also play basketball. I still am holding out hope that if we play one-on-one, there's still some chance that maybe I'll score against you. But um, here today joining us in studio live is Stephen Howard. And uh, Stephen, I'm, I'm going to give you permission to brag about yourself. If you've ever listened to the show, which I'm sure you have, um, you will know that I give my guests permission to brag all about themselves. So uh, brag away. In my house, I'm a very big deal. Um, okay. So you just want to know what I'm doing right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, brag about all the things that you've accomplished, too, in the past. What, what are some of your biggest accomplishments now? And I know you've got some because you were just filling out a list here before the show of all the awards that you've won. And you were doing that for like 15 or 20 minutes. So I know you've, you've, you're a big deal. You've won a lot of awards. So brag away. Uh, we'll see. I was the first basketball player from Dallas from a private school to play in the NBA. And That's that was good. like for... 20 years. Uh, I graduated from DePaul as the only academic All-American ever to attend the school, and that still hasn't been replicated. In my senior year, I was... So you're, so you're smart, is what you're saying? Yeah, smart-ish. Oh, um, smart-ish, okay. But yeah, I, I, I was the team nerd, actually, and I was the top scholar athlete in the country my senior year, and I was on the Playboy All-American team so I was the team nerd, you know, with Shaq and um, a couple other people. And it was really interesting because my grandmother, who was from a small East Texas town, actually went to go buy the Playboy. And she was telling the people, like, hey, <laughs> this is because my grandson's in here. You know, everybody knows everybody. Oh, nice, nice. So my grandson's in Playboy. You're there. Right. Um, all right. Now, you played, you played in college. You were the uh, All-American academic. Did I get that right? For DePaul. Academic All-American. Uh, academic All-American for DePaul. And then you actually played in the NBA. Um, tell me about, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I wasn't drafted. Um, mm-hmm. Had 30 teams that told me I was not NBA material. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt that I could play in the NBA. And so I was invited to veterans camp from one team. That was Utah Jazz. And I got in the best shape of my life and got in the right mindset, and uh, I made the team. And they actually just brought me in as like a practice body. They really needed a backup two, um, so they brought in Tim Legler, who's the top uh, NBA analyst for ESPN. He's been there forever, and um, I beat him out. So I always mess with him because he ended up going to like the Bullets and playing other places, and he was you know, won the three-point contest, and so I'm like, you wouldn't have got that. You know, you'd have been sitting behind Hornacek like everybody else if, if I wouldn't have beat you out. And now you played for the Utah Jazz for how long? Uh, four years. And this was during, like, uh, the 90s, so we're talking about, like, the dream team era. D- yeah. Who were some of the people that you, you played against? 
I mean, all the people that are in the conversation, uh, you know, most of the people from the top 50 in the NBA, um, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, um, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq, uh, Alonzo Mourning, Larry Johnson, Gary Payton, um, Detlef Shrimp, Sam Perkins. So, yeah, I d- definitely recognize a couple of those names. So you played, you played, and we'll go more into your story in a little bit, but you played uh, professional basketball for 15 years, and then what are you doing now? I am a ESPN college basketball analyst, and um, previously I was a studio analyst for the Oklahoma Thunder the first year, and then four years with the New Orleans Pelicans, and I... I'm a leadership expert, and I, I speak on leadership and leadership development um, and, you know, helping people to kind of find that inner passion and uh, inner leadership. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today. Now, you obviously worked hard. You were in a, the only person for like 20 years that played in the NBA from a private uh, school. You obviously, you did well when you were in college. I think you told me you held the the free throw record for DuPaul. You were quite the star at DuPaul. Did it surprise you when you weren't drafted into the N- into the NBA? I almost said NFL. That probably would have <laughs> right. surprised you. But, no, it but did, did it surprise you when you weren't drafted? Yes and no. Um, looking back on, you know, getting drafted, and you, you look at all these players in college basketball and, you know, only there's 60 slots of people getting drafted. Mm-hmm. And now about 44 come from NCAA and the rest come from Europe. So then it was probably more like 50, 50, 53 or something like that. But Herm Edwards, who was an NFL coach, said it best about playing professional sports. To play professional sports, you have to take somebody's job, and they like their job a lot. Mm. And you're taking grown men's jobs. But you don't think about that when you're in college, and you don't think about there's only 60 slots. You think, hey, I was a top player. I should do it. Um, But it it probably worked out better for me because I ended up going to a team that actually wanted me rather than a team that was like, all right, he's the best player available. We'll just roll the dice and see. Um, but, yeah, it was a big, you know, kind of humble pie, and, and, and I was devastated. And, you know, but I, I've kind of not done anything easy in my life, so it kind of fell into script as, as far as, you know, what, I, what I've done throughout my life and career. So when you went to uh, the Jazz, what were some what were some things that you did? What was the mindset you had going in there? My mindset was every single day I wanted to put some sort of positive imprint in mm-hmm. the coach's mind. And it was And this coach was Jerry Sloan at the time? Yeah, Jerry yeah. Sloan, Phil Johnson, Gordon Chiesa. Um, and I just wanted them to see something from me every day so they could go, hmm that's impressive. And there were a couple of times when Jerry Sloan, and I can't repeat what he, he said, cause you know, he we're didn't. On radio, we can't bleep it out. Yeah, it, but he was just like, this guy here gets it, you know, this guy here wants it. And which by the way is not good 
for the other teammates to hear because yeah. you know <laughs> then they then they don't really they don't really like you you know believe yeah. it or not I actually played a uh, high school basketball and I remember we used to do these drills these uh, little ladders and um, I was always the first one done and my coach said Allison you're so fast you should try out for track and I went I went for track and I was running the hundred for the first time and I'm like I'm so fast to beat all my girls at basketball and uh, I remember they pulled the trigger and away we went and uh, I I got got done. I, well, I was about halfway through. I was about the 50 meters when everybody else finished the 100 meter. And my coach is like, Allison, why weren't you trying? I'm like, oh, really? I was trying my fastest. And I think it was at my 10-year reunion, the other girls said, oh, we used to hate you at practice because we never really tried and you were the only one trying. And I thought, why didn't anybody ever tell me that? So or, I, I can or kind why, of... why didn't they try? Exactly. Like, for well, so for me, that's wh- what I was don't thinking. Don't be mad at, at you because you actually tried. Yeah, so, actually, you know. I actually worked hard, so yeah. so I can definitely relate to that. Well, let's talk a little bit about what you learned about leadership in playing in the NBA and through throughout your journey. You you t- you talk to people now about servant leadership, how to become better leaders. Uh, who are who are some of the people that you're talking to? Who's your audience when you talk about leadership? Um, C level executives, um, people that you know kind of want to go to that next level of of leadership, um, because for me, I've 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 really studied and been immersed in leadership for 25 years, and it's been that top level of leadership, the top 1%. And so it's it's really a different type of, of leadership development and leadership coaching and, and kind of techniques and strategies that um, haven't ever been taught and, you know, haven't really been brought into a sort of digestible modules to, you know, to be applied. Well, you bring up a really good point, And that is, I think uh, you told me one time, like 1.1% of college basketball players actually make it into the NBA. You have to be a leader to make it into the NBA. But now you're working with these C-level executives. And obviously, they've never been professional athletes. So how do you translate what you learned in the NBA, what you learned from being a professional athlete to leadership skills uh, in those modules that are digestible? What are some of the lessons that you learned that you're now teaching other people? Well, see, that's the that's the kicker because what I teach has nof- nothing to do about athleticism. If you look at the top players uh, that have played in the NBA, and even those that have been successful in the NBA and then successful afterwards, it's a mentality and it's a mindset, and that's what separates the good from the great, the great from the exceptional, and then the exceptional from the oh my goodness, and it's that mentality, that mindset of not accepting no, not accepting mediocrity, um, trying in practice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there were people that were more physically capable than me, that were taller than me, that were better shooters, smarter, everything. But when it came down to practice and, you know, that kind of obstacle where people were like, man, I can't go any farther. Mentally, I was stronger than those people and I knew it. And and you know it's a mindset and that's something that can be cultivated and it can be learned mm-hmm. and I, so that i took those kind of life lessons and leadership lessons from uh, you know my 15 year professional playing career my you know 10 you know plus years going on in the with the espn and five years as a studio analyst in the nba and um and throughout all that i've always been working with that kind of top one mm-hmm. percent and just how they go about things and things that I've learned from them and just those 
things that I've kind of absorbed that have helped me throughout my journey. Well, let's talk about this uh, this idea or concept of working hard because I think right now there's a lot of people out there saying, "Hey, it, well, and you you see this a lot in." in um, well, I don't. I don't know if I want to say this, but multi-level marketing—you really do. And there are some people that are very successful at it. But one of the promises that I hear over and over again is: is you don't have to work as much, but you're going to make a lot of money. You right. don't have to work as much, but you're going to be a great leader. You're going to be successful. Well, I've worked with a lot of people, multi-level marketing, or in other areas that are coaches, that are mentors, that are entrepreneurs, and it's always the people that work the hardest. And bringing that back to the NBA, I mean, even look at you know Michael Jordan. We always hear he was cut from his high school basketball team, but he worked really hard. He came back and he made it the next year. He didn't let that defeat him. Uh, Just last night I was watching the playoffs and they brought up, uh, LeBron's uh, teammate brought up that he is there not a half an hour early for practice, not an hour early. He's there two hours early for practice. And the people that show up 15 minutes before practice, he's like, what's wrong with you? You should have been here like an hour ago. So um, we look at these great players that are leaders. And I think the mindset or the the thing is, well, hey, you know, Steven, you're really tall, so that's why you play basketball. Yes. You know, or <laughs> or, you know, Michael Jordan, man, he can really jump, so that's yeah. why he plays ball. Or, you know, LeBron James, I mean, look at his body build. That guy, I mean, he works hard to take care of himself. So so how do you translate something like that hard work on the court on the court, practicing, being there early? What do you say to somebody who um, is running a business? How how can they be a good leader through working hard? What what are those core principles that you learned on the court? Well, you, you said it. Um, when I was with the Utah Jazz, when I was with the Seattle Supersonics, um, the top players were the ones that were always putting in the work, and it was that kind of culture that was created. And if you don't have your top person, your top executive, um, espousing those beliefs and doing that on a daily basis, then how would you expect everyone else to do it? And so I would show up to practice and, you know, guys would be there and we'd work hard. We'd go on the road after a game and, you know, guys like Carl would go in, into the weight room and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there tired and I might have played five or 10 or 15 minutes and I'm sitting there in my room, you know, eating pie, just out <laughs> exhausted. And, um, and then the next morning he, he's like, yeah, I went and got a workout. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, you played 38 and was getting beat up. Yeah. And so it really puts it into your mind, like, okay, I need to do more. Um, I'll never forget John Stockton, first day of training camp. We would do this um, fitness test, and he would always go last. Mm-hmm. And he would ask the trainer, what was the highest mark? And it was one of those where wow. the treadmill would go up incrementally. And whatever it was, 18 minutes, he would go, like, four minutes above that. Mm-hmm. And he would do that every year. He did that his last year. I forget how old he was, 42 or something. But that set the mindset to everyone else, like, this is how I'm coming to training camp. Yeah. You need to be ready. And if you're not, you know, you really shouldn't be a part of this. And if your CEO or your C-level suite uh, managers aren't doing that day in, day out, mm-hmm. and aren't trying to help everyone else, you know, being a leader is not me telling you what to do. It's, I help you what to do. I have a vision. I know where I want everything to go, um, but I want it my way. 
Right. Well, here's a golden nugget that I've taken out of that. I think a lot of the times uh, as entrepreneurs or in business or in life, we we have these goals. We go for these goals and then we're like, once we reach the goals, we kind of relax. Yes. And um, it's it's during that relax time. So we have these ups and downs, like we get to our really low points and we think, oh boy, I need to make money or the business isn't running well. So now I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to reach my goal. We reach the goal and then we get lazy a little bit. And I love what you said about John Stockton because it wasn't like the off season wasn't off season. This was a year round thing. And if you don't come ready to go, it's not like you go into the season saying, okay, now's my time to work hard. You've been working hard that whole time and you're prepared when that goal comes. And the successful people that I see in life and in business are the people that they don't relax once they hit that goal. They're always striving for the higher goal. They don't take the time off in the off season. You know, it's not like, hey, well, um, I'm going to stop looking for things. So I really like what you said about that. And um, also about that people are watching you. Just uh, thinking about the example that other players were to you. Um, that that I think that's a big deal too. Well, as you know from you know your record as a as a high school basketball player, that champions are made in the off season, and that's one of the things that um, I incorporate in my program. There's a lot of times when you might have your peak season, mm-hmm. and then you reach your goal, and then it's like oh, okay, now it's time to relax and you know go to the Bahamas. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's when you can really cultivate that excellence and take that next step because most people aren't doing that. And so my off-season workouts were more difficult than the season. And I, I couldn't wait to get to the season because, I mean, I was waking up at 6 in the morning running hills, running on the track, uh, just playing basketball, working out all year long. And it's those people that had that off-season that, you know, evolved every year. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that um, – you know, had that longevity and left that legacy. And when you talk about LeBron, not only is is he early in practice, but he's meticulous at studying game tape and and watching film. And everyone doesn't do that. You know, they might watch the stuff that's prepared from the coaching staff, but he's watching the guys that he's going to play. Kobe was another guy that did that. Jordan did that. And so he wants to know what to expect and how to get the player off balance. And that's that next level mm-hmm. that most players don't do. And, and you can incorporate that into all aspects of your life. Yeah, you know, I just wrote that down. Champions are made in the off season. When we come back, I want to talk more with you, Stephen, about mindset and what a big deal that is when it comes to game time. Uh, you know, I was just watching, again, the playoff games last night and um, noticed that Cleveland kept missing all these free throws. And I, I just, it made me think about mindset. So we'll talk more about mindset coming up next with Stephen Howard. Don't go anywhere. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influencer, celebrity friends, and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. If you're just joining me, we have Stephen Howard today joining us live in studio all the way from Texas. You just flew in this morning. Thanks for coming in. I'm so excited to have you. You played in the NBA and were a professional basketball player 15 years, played at DuPaul, ESPN host, uh, an analyst, and uh, just a real pleasure to have you here today. We've been talking about leadership. That's something that you are now speaking on, you're teaching people on, you have a course on leadership, how to become a leader, and you've taken these principles that you learned from being a professional athlete and are now teaching other people those principles so that they can be a professional and excel at whatever they do. Um, we've talked a little bit before break about just working hard, how it just plain comes down to working hard. One of my favorite quotes you said, uh, I, I'm going to quote you, you said, champions are made in the off season. Uh, so that's really true. And I think a lot of it comes down to mindset. I want to talk about mindset a little bit. Um, mindset going into this game. I mean, I watch these professional athletes and I just think of all the pressure you must feel you're playing in these huge stadiums watching the playoff games last night these guys are missing free throws I'm like no wonder I mean stadiums going crazy I mean I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people are watching maybe even millions of people when you when you're talking about the playoffs that's got to be a lot of pressure and I think similarly in life I, I I think a lot of entrepreneurs I think a lot of people and whatever they're doing they may feel this pressure but how do you really excel and perform what's the mindset you need to have when you're feeling this pressure well, that's something that you really have to kind of cultivate, and you know, it's it, it's not difficult to create that mindset. Um, but so I, tell tell me tell me how to do it. <laughs> I'm under a lot of pressure here. How do I create the mindset I need to make that game winning shot right before the buzzer? I'm sure everybody out there has had that moment in their life where they're like, okay, the pressure's on. It's now or never, do or die. What well, do you do? Well, one thing you have to do is you have to be prepared for that moment, and you have to have that ability to embrace that moment. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there is no magic pill like the, hey, it's easy, you don't have to work hard, you can make a lot of money. You do have to work hard, but um, you also have to work smart. And, like with basketball, I could work harder than anyone on my shot, but if 
I'm shooting with the wrong form, mm -hmm. then I'm just going to solidify that wrongness. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, with basketball and, and in the NBA, we have a lot of coaching. And so you're looking at the top 1% of the world, and we have a shooting coach, a free throw coach, a conditioning coach, a nutritionist, mm -hmm. a chef. Um, and so creating that mindset, you know, comes with a lot of help of people helping to direct you as far as, you know, what's the best way to do that. And, and also watching other players older than you that, that have that mindset. And that's a lot of what I utilize for. But for me, that, that hidden key was always that kind of repetition. Um, and I just spent so much time conditioning mm -hmm. and strength and, and shooting. And I had so much confidence in my skills that I truly believed in myself. And when that moment came, I was ready for it because not only has, had, had I prepared myself, but I had always visualized that moment happening. And so when it happened, I'd already done that in mm -hmm. my mind. Yeah. And I just went through the process that I had. And, and people talk about visualization and some were like, ah, whatever. But visualization is so huge. And everything that I've accomplished in my life, I have visualized that before the ESPN, the NBA. Um, so did you visualize being in the studio right here, right now? Well, I mean, Voice America on the Alice H. Larson show. Getting well, I mean, interviewed? There's limits. You don't want to get out of control okay. with your visualization. Just, just so I never would have like gone that far. <laughs> um, just, just check in. Well, I think that's really true. And a golden nugget that I'm pulling out of what you said is to look for people who are experts in the field yes. and really glean from them, whether that be hiring a coach or a mentor or, or uh, contacting or looking at somebody who's maybe that much further ahead of you in what you're doing and, and looking at what they're doing and trying to recreate that for yourself. You know, James, Dentley, one of my favorite speakers, he has this quote, and he said, it's hard to see the picture when you're inside the frame. And so you, you talk about form, you talk about these different things that you had to learn. It, it is really hard in business and life when you're doing something to figure out what you're doing wrong or how you're doing it or uh, how you even appear doing it. And when you hire somebody to help you out with that, you can excel at that. And then I love what you said about looking for people who have already accomplished what you're trying to accomplish. And I, I've said this before, but I really think life is like this highway. And we're all trying to reach this destination of happiness and success. And as we're going along this highway of life to try and reach this final destination, there are people that are ahead of us and there are people that are behind us. There are people that have already traveled our path. They've already learned what we've had to learn. Um, there's two ways we can learn through counsel or consequence. So either we can take all the wrong turns and try and figure out the road ourselves, or we can ask somebody who's been there and say, what do you recommend doing? What are the mistakes you've made? What are the successes you've had? What should I do? And then the other part of that, there's always people that are further behind you on that road of life and then to be able to share the wisdom and knowledge that you've learned. And that's what I appreciate so much about what you're doing is you're taking this knowledge that you've learned through the MBA being, you know, the top 1% of college athletes going to the MBA saying, here's here's the skills that I learned. Here's what I learned. And here's how you can uh, can help yourself too. What's, what's, your, what's the biggest tip when it comes to mindset? If you could condense it down into like a sentence or two, what's the biggest tip you would give to somebody about mindset in order for them to be really prepared to succeed in life? Well, it's really something that you wouldn't think has anything to do with mindset. But for me, in particular, because I do teach servant leadership, mm -hmm. 
it's just having that abundance mindset and not that scarcity mindset. And when you give out and you help other people, it's going to come back to you. But everybody has this scarcity um, complex where it's like, okay, well, I know this and I'm going to keep it to myself because if Mm -hmm. I tell you, then you're going to take my stuff. But it really isn't like that. And there's that, you know, uh, the law of reciprocity and, and abundance and you, you throw stuff out and you help people um, and you don't do it to get something back. And for me, that's a beautiful thing. And I just enjoy doing that. And, and so um, I, I think when you do that, you bring that positive energy to yourself um, and you're just a person that other people want to work with. Mm-hmm. And we can't do this alone. And you draw that to yourself, and that's going to bring success to you. Well, I think it's about collaboration and not competition. And, you know, that's interesting coming from you because obviously you played a very competitive sport. But I think you you had to learn how to collaborate with your team. You had to learn how to be prepared. And and in life, it, it really is about looking for the wins and how you can serve other people. I have joining us today, too, I asked a, a former guest to come on. Um, Dr. Marlena, are you there? Can you hear me, I, I can hear can you. you hear you're kind of soft, but I can hear you now, Dr. Marlena. Um, asked Hello, you, Allison. How are you hi. today? So, so glad to have you on. You're here with me and Stephen. Now, Dr. Marlena, I asked you to come on the show today because you really are a mindset expert. We're talking about mindset. Stephen, of course, played in the NBA. He's giving us some tips for mindset. Uh, Dr. Marlena, uh, go ahead and just take a brief moment to brag about yourself a little bit. Uh, tell, tell everybody what you're doing with mindset and your book that you have, um, and then I want to hear your tips on mindset. Okay. I am an uh, entrepreneur. I'm a mother of four sons. I am a uh, corporate executive, and I am, most of all, I am a septic survivor that mm-hmm. has changed my attitude uh, about life and given me a new perspective. My book is um, called Smells Like 5 A.M., and maybe your guest can kind of relate to this. I'm no, no way on his level. But um, when I was hospitalized, I had to come up with a way to regrasp everything, how to walk, how to talk, how to write. And I was able to t- tap into my mindset of back when I used to be in the gym. And I hated my trainer back then. But I love you now, trainer, uh, <laughs> former trainer. I hated him because he said, give me one more. And I didn't want to do one more. Give me one more, and I didn't want to do it. But I developed that mindset where I had to give him one more or he was going to make me do two or three more. And I, I pushed through to sometimes I would do a whole new set, another set. So when lying in that hospital bed, I had to t- tap into that 5 a.m. mentality. So the book is called Smells Like 5 a.m. because that's where my mind went to lead my body along that physical therapy route. So what is one tip or piece of advice that you give to our guests about mindset? And you're right, your story is very different than Stephen. Stephen, you played in the NBA, but you know, uh, Stephen's not not the mother of four kids. I mean, you and I were both mother of four kids. I think that that in and of itself has different challenges. We're all in this different place in life. Um, but what, what would be your what would be your tip, your mindset tip for somebody? That anything is possible when you have an attitude aligned with ideas. Anything is possible when you have an attitude aligned with what? Uh, With ideas. 
So if you have an, you have your attitude aligned with your, with ideas. So the higher you can think and have these ideas, you, anything is possible for you. Wow. What do you think about that? That's the one tip. Well, listening to her story, we're actually very similar because when she talked about that, you know, 5 a.m. mentality and working with her trainer and him asking for one more. And then when she started to do that, every time after that, it would be a challenge and she would push herself. And then she just learned that she was able to do that. And then, you know, when she would do a whole another set, then she was like, wow, I'm able to do things I didn't think was possible for myself. And then she started to glean confidence from that. That's exactly the journey that I had as a professional athlete. And then you continue that mindset to other areas of your life. And so, yeah, she, she definitely has that, you know, professional athlete mindset. Well, tell me about that moment, Stephen. We'll start with you and then Marlene, I want to come back to you. But what was that? Do you, do you have a moment where you just remember thinking, wow, I just accomplished something that I never thought I would accomplish? What was that moment for you? It was probably um, one of the first ones was in college when I started the first game of the season as a freshman. And so you started as a freshman? Yeah, started as a freshman in Hawaii against UNLV, who ended up winning the national championship um, that year. Um, we won't go into detail about the score of that game, but I did start. And uh, for a guy who wasn't brought in as a big-time McDonald's All-American, um, to be able to compete and to win that starting job and to start for the entire year, um, for my whole career, really, uh, it took a mentality. And once I saw that repetition of that and the continuity of that, it really imbued myself with a lot of confidence that just kept growing and growing and growing. Great. What was that moment for you, Marlena? Oh, what was my moment? Um, just, just being not not having the vision um, and having to create it, have to, have, having to gain an idea of what altitude would look like for me if I was able to push forward, hmm. with that that I could discover what would be possible. Yeah, I really like that. You know, for me, one of those moments that I had, um, as most of you know that are that that know me or listen to my show at all, I'm I'm a mom from Idaho, and I really did not travel a lot when I was growing up. I'm the oldest of five kids. I got married very young, had four kids of my own uh, by the time I was 26, and um, spent a lot of time uh, in the home taking care of them. And when I started pursuing my career uh, more and more in my early and mid 30s, um, you know, I, I had I had some visions for myself, and I had some things that I wanted to do. But I had some great mentors and coaches that just instilled in me some confidence. And I remember the moment that I found myself in L.A. It was only like my third or fourth time ever in L.A. at the Walt Disney Concert Hall. And I'm on the red carpet interviewing people and on steps John Travolta. Wow. Halle Berry, John Paul DeJoria. And I just remember thinking for the first time, I mean, literally thinking, I've got to pinch myself. I can't believe that I'm here. And in that moment, what I learned was that Anything's possible, just like you said, that you are willing 
to put the time in and the work for. It's not something that happened overnight. There was a lot of sacrifices made for it, but it's something, you know, you, you and I talked a little bit, Stephen, about just working really hard to be able to to make that MBA team. And Marlena, you talk about your fight and your struggle back after your illness. And um, it was it was all those hours I put in, those relationship hours, those work hours, um, and and the time that I spent listening to my coaches and mentors and trusting them and vetting out the people that I wanted to work with. It was like in that moment, everything just paid off. It was really it was really cool. So uh, mindset very very important. So I want to I want to shift gears a little bit here. Um, Stephen, I want to talk to you a little bit about coaching because I think in any type of business or entrepreneurship world, people have teams and you work a lot with these corporations and coaches obviously have to inspire a team. They have to know what their team's strengths and weaknesses are. What is what is the, the number one thing you learned from Jerry Sloan? I know he's been in the news a lot lately. You worked under him quite a bit under the Utah Jazz, but what is one principle that you took away from him? What was a leadership skill that he had to inspire his team uh, during those years that the, the Jazz just did incredibly well? Um, well, sorry about this, but I'm going to need to talk about something that's more important than that. Okay, um, what is that? I believe in celebrating successes, and okay. somebody just had a birthday. Oh, who um, is that? <laughs> I don't know. But You're going like, to celebrate my birthday. Just, okay. you know, congratulations. Oh, thank I know you, you had your, thank you. your family and your yes. daughter came down. And, Thanks. You know. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I was. It was really great. It was really great. It was um, a really big birthday surprise. I was doing an event, and you know about this. And Marlena, I don't know if you heard about this, but um, I'm at this three-day event. And I'm just sitting there. I get this tap on my shoulder. And I turn around. My daughter, who's at college, was there, and she'd flown in to surprise me. I'm going to cry just thinking about it now. But I just kind of burst into tears. And and um, yeah, so that was a really cool. That was a really really cool birthday surprise. That was one of the the best birthday surprises well, I've ever had. So. Well, happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank happy you very birthday. much. Marlena. All right. Well, come and Marlena, I've got a question for you too, but okay. So thank you for celebrating. Thank you, Stephen. Um, let's, let's go back now to Jerry Sloan. What did you learn from him? Um, Jerry Sloan was, uh, uh, I mean, he's from, I believe he's from Indiana and he's blue collar worker was the first uh, player with the bulls to have his Jersey retired. Wow. Um, and, he did it just with grit and defense, and he was just a hard-nosed guy. And I think I was very fortunate for that one team to be with the Jazz because he really appreciated, you know, at the end of the day what I brought to the table. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would, you know, take a charge, dive on the floor, um, and and he really appreciated that about me. And, and it just showed me that, if you put in the work, um, somebody is going to see what you're doing. And I was fortunate that it was him, and it really validated everything that I did. But he was just a, a guy that, you know, it didn't matter who you are, the, the first person on the bench or the last person, mm -hmm. he was going to treat you the same way. And I think as leaders, when you have that type of mentality, when, you know, you, you don't treat your top money earner better than you do the, the last guy because that last guy has the potential mm -hmm. to eventually be that top money earner if you cultivate him you know in the right way and so I really appreciated that and I'd love Jerry Sloan I mean he is is an amazing person and you know all my thoughts are with him because you know he, he's struggling with some health issues but 
you know, he's a great, great man. Yeah. Well, I love what you said about uh, about uh, valid validation um, as well. And when we come back, Marlena, I want to hear more uh, about what you think about validation and uh, as a leader being able to inspire others. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. All right. Welcome back. So before we left, we were talking about validation. I want to get back to that in just a minute. And Dr. Marlena, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, how to best lead through validation and recognition of others. But before we do that, Stephen, um, I wanted to ask you, have you ever had a really embarrassing on-air moment? Yeah. Um, and this is even more embarrassing than the one I talked about on your, your call the other night. I was. It was the post-game show for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh-huh. And you know, sometimes there's snafus as far as graphics or whatever, and so the graphics showed the Pelicans winning, but they had lost. And so Uh-oh. I knew they had lost, but something just, you know, when that red light comes on and the pressure, and so I just started talking like they had won. <laughs> And I'm just like, the (laughs) comeback that they had was amazing (laughs) and the resiliency and just to be able to do this is just a moment that's going to bring this team together and Uh this and that. And and then we go to break and my producer's in the back and he's like, "Uh, Stephen, you do know the Pelicans lost, right? And I'm like, 
yeah, you know, I was just kind of giving it a different kind of a <laughs> twist, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I was just good, like, wow. And I had it on my notes, yeah. but they had made a mistake and it had yeah. it like that. But, you know, no one at home. And I'm getting all these tweets of people like, dude. And actually the, the play-by-play guy uh-huh. was like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, was, yeah, so that was well, that was pretty bad. You know, I think that's part of mindset, though, is being able to bounce back after you make a mistake, yeah. you know, after you uh, have have a misstep in your business and being able to say, hey, am I, am I still going to perform? Am I still going to do okay? So uh, what was what was going through your mind? Or what did you learn playing in the NBA about mindset that helped you bounce back from that? Well, that's the one good thing. Well, there's a lot of good things, but that's mm-hmm. one of the many beneficial things with the NBA is is – we kind of got that instant gratification as far as feedback. You know, you got people sitting on the sidelines saying, you're horrible, you're garbage, you know, you play like my mom, and then others are like, you're great. And so you know immediately when you do something good or bad, Mm -hmm. because if you did something bad, the coach is going to take you out and they're going to say, hey, this is what you did. If there's a good coach and to say, hey, you don't need to do this anymore. And so... If you had a horrible game, you have another game the next day or two days later. So you had the ability to redeem yourself. And so, you know, that was, you know, you kind of have to, your your wins and your losses are short-lived. Yeah. And you can celebrate for a minute, but you got to put that in your back pocket because tomorrow you got a whole different set of players that are coming in to just, you know, hit you in the mouth and just have you not come back. And so that was... Uh, kind of a good lesson. Well, I remember a, a mindset moment for me, and I know, Marlena, your whole your whole story is about mindset and overcoming obstacles, and, and, you know, mine's nothing like yours. I wasn't near death, but I do remember the very first time I went to Hollywood, I was co-hosting a show with Tony Boldy. We had Robert Ressler on there of Weird Science, and I was meeting all these celebrities and famous people. I'm there in Hollywood. I'm feeling so cool. Um, you know, we just got done doing this live show. I went out to lunch with a bunch of people. I get back to the hotel that night, and I look in the mirror and I'm wearing two different earrings. (laughs) Yeah, the entire day on live, no one said a word. And I had this moment of just sheer embarrassment. I thought, oh my gosh, I just need to go back to Idaho. I can't do anything. I can't even travel without a stylist. Like I can't even put my ear. And by the way, am I wearing the same earrings now? You have to tell me after. You can't really see with these. But anyway, I I, I remember looking in the mirror, and then I thought, you know what? I'm going to shake this off. And I took a picture with my phone, and I made this funny post about wearing two different pair of earrings all day and how embarrassing it was, and I was just laughing at myself. To date, that was my most liked Facebook post. And people like to see that you're human. Yeah. And I think that mindset made such a huge difference for me because if I had beat myself up, if I had let that become an obstacle in me moving forward in my career, it really could have hindered me. But instead, I just uh, forgave myself. I was gentle on myself, which I think is a huge part of it. And I moved forward. So Marlena, what do you have to say about, about mindset, especially when you're uh, having to overcome, overcome obstacles? Well, tapping into that reserve part of your mind where you don't care about how you look. Because it's my mm-hmm. story. I went to a job interview for a director role with a blue shoe and a black shoe on. Well, and during the I've interview, I looked down and noticed I had these two different shoes on. <laughs> oh, and I'm, I'm coming as the director for HR. Um, I crossed my legs and I kept that interview moving 
And I actually brought it up at the end to tell them that I was bold enough to continue my interview with them and comfortable and confident in my abilities to do a good job that I had a blue and a black shoe on. Wow. And and we laughed about it, and I got that job. Oh, you did? I was going to so, say, did you get the job? Yes, but I didn't want to ask you if it was the, did, the wrong yes. answer. So good. I'm yes. glad you brought that up. Yeah, you know. And they mentioned the fact that I was human. And yeah. they like that connection, being a human resources, it was perfect. So what's your one tip for, for having that mindset and that confidence to be able to do it? What is it that in that moment, instead of dying of embarrassment or totally freezing, what is it that you're telling yourself? I'm telling myself they've had that moment where something has happened to them. And so the other person's human and they will understand and and, not, and most times don't bring it to their attention that you made, you know, a uh, misstep. Um, they won't even notice. But if you do, turn it around to show how it's really a strength for you to be above the fact that you could make, you know, you could have this misstep or mishap or and you're able to laugh it off and be have that human touch. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. I like how you worded that, um, letting them know that you have a greater mindset than letting something a little like that defeat you. That's a really good point, Dr. Marlena. And I want to get back to her original question that we started the segment. Um, you know, Stephen talked last segment about uh, how Jerry Salone treated everybody equally. He talked about how he would get validation for working hard. How important is it um, with mindset as a leader to be able to celebrate other people? Uh, very important. You have to know what, your, what that your love language is so you can discover what their love language is. And, and not so much the, the, talking about personality types and you know, you're a driver or you know, this or that, but the more to how do I affirm what you do that it resonates with your spirit mm. and creates this synergy that I need or you need to take the next step. Yeah, I like so, that. So being really in tune with the love language. So what's your love language, Dr. Marlena? Uh, mine is um, uh, quality time. Quality my number time. One. Well, next quality time I see time. you, we'll make sure and go out to lunch together. Stephen, what's your love <laughs> language? Um, yes, yes. I don't really know if. I don't really know those things, or I'm ah. just not willing to share. Okay, uh, probably well, has something to do with food and, and eating. Food, Is that a thing? Maybe maybe serving. I don't know, Dr. Marlena. We'll, we'll have to have a discussion mm. with Dr. Marlena when this is over. You have to read the book. My love language is yeah. words of affirmation. So anytime you feel like giving me a compliment, I'll totally uh, totally accept that. This but is the best show I've ever been on, oh, by the way. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. See, look at when somebody knows your love language. There you go. Um, right. Dr. Marlena, how can somebody get your book, Smells Like 5 a.m.? Uh, you can send me a nice little email to um, Marlena, M-A-R-L-E-N-A, at purpose the letter in the word passion dot org org thank you so much for coming back on the show today giving us your tips on mindset uh, been a real pleasure to have you make sure and get a hold of dr marlena and read her book thank you so much Stephen. let's uh, let's talk about what you're doing with leadership now you actually are speaking and you have courses on leadership so what does it look like to work with you um well, it depends on what, what level that we're working on, mm -hmm. but um, it could be one-on-one -on -one where, you know, we're talking on a weekly basis. Um, there's even, you know, the opportunity to 
you know, do it face to face. Um, there's media training as well, uh, because I think that's essential for leaders to be able to be comfortable in front of the TV, um, be able to deliver a, a succinct uh, message. That's uh, true. Because when there is a crisis, they look to the leader, and if you're not the one that they look to to put on TV, then you're not the leader that you want to be. Um, and you know, I, I just have different things that the leadership, you know, kind of modules take as far as um, looking inward, um, finding that that true leadership passion and focus and mm -hmm. you know developing that into your kind of leadership style because everybody leads differently that's really good so we have actually have a question for you here i was uh squinting at my phone here it says uh, on a scale of one to ten Stephen, just how competitive are you and has this been a blessing or a curse um yeah i'm super competitive and i always tell people that the things that help you to be a professional athlete do not help you out in the real world. Um, I'm a perfectionist, um, which is why I have a, a book that's been 90% done for like the last 30 years, I mean, three years. <laughs> I was gonna um, say, 30 years, oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm super competitive when I play Scrabble with my daughter, like, you know, I'm not gonna let her win just to mm -hmm. make her feel better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whatever it is that I do, um, I want to win, and if someone challenges me to like horse or one on one, and that's why I normally don't get on the court mm -hmm. to play. That's why I don't play because I become a different person, and uh, that person isn't always nice. And so I, I left that life behind. So yeah. Okay. So so more blessing or more curse? It scale, depends. Scale of one to ten. Well, it depends. How, so you're ten in your competitiveness. Maybe eleven is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There was a guy that I met who, you know, he's a Rhodes Scholar and he was a speaker. And I told him, I said, I'm going to help you. And I said, you always need to know what people want from you. And I said, I want to make you successful because however success you have, I'm going to want to replicate that mm -hmm. and to beat that. And so I'm going to help him. I want him to be wildly successful. And I'm, I'm going to want to keep track with that and, you know, keep one up in himself. So yeah, I'm, I'm extremely competitive. So it's a blessing because it's helped you to receive the success you have in your life today. And it's a curse because uh, sometimes you, yeah, sometimes you don't need to be that kind of, okay. you know, you have to have to learn when to, uh, when to use it and when to yeah. lose it. Okay. Got it. So Stephen, how can somebody get a hold of you? Um, maybe they're owner of a company, a business. They're wanting to be a servant leader. They're wanting to really step up their skills and leading their team so their team can be more productive. Um, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, they could email me at uh, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, at StephenHoward.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Stephen Howard. I'm on Twitter at Stephen underscore speaks. Um, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page as well. Uh, website, stephenhoward.com. Um, a couple other websites that are forthcoming uh, within the next uh, month. Uh, so I have a lot of exciting things Good. in the pipeline. Well, make sure and uh, reach out to Stephen. Follow him on social media. And if you know of anybody who is looking for a speaker on leadership, I know uh, Stephen is doing that as well for corporations and also private groups. So, Stephen, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm Allison H. Larson, and uh, this has been Spotlight. Until next week when we have more guests on who've worked to transform their lives and are now working to transform the lives of others.
Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.